Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Hey everybody, hope you're doing well today. We're going to continue our series of podcasts called Mind Fitness. Today I want to talk about victory. Everyone likes to win. Isn't that true? It's uh, football season. Football season just started and unfortunately I cheer for a team in college that does not win very often. Uh, But I also have a pro team that wins all the time. And I'm going to tell you, winning is a lot more fun than losing. And in the Christian life, too, we are supposed to think about winning. We're supposed to be winners. We're supposed to want to be winners and to know that we are winners. And that's what we want to talk about today is victory. Victory. See, in the Christian life, it's true. It's both true that you and I are fighting from a place of victory and we still have to gain victory. They're both true. And I was thinking about that the other day, saying, well, didn't Jesus defeat Satan when he rose again from the dead on the third day? And the answer to that is, of course, yes, he did. He did defeat Satan when he rose again. Satan's head was crushed. The serpent was going to die for the rest of eternity. And that is true. But it is also true, and Scripture points this out, that you and I must progress and finish this Christian race if we are to be victors. Just because we're in the race, just because we say we're Christians and we've believed in Jesus, that is not enough. We must carry on. We must follow Jesus until the end to be victors. So I guess the way to think about it is that Jesus is already a victor and we are solidifying our place on his team by following him. And at the end of the day, at the judgment day, that will be determined whether we were on his team or on the devil's team And then if we are on the devil's team, of course, we are eternal losers. If we are on Jesus' team, of course, we are eternal victors. Today, I want to talk about how to think about victory, how to fight and run in the Christian race from a place of victory. Because we are following the victor. We do belong to the winning team. And if we know that and we believe that and we have the proper perspective about that, that will actually give us motivation and strength and determination and courage to run this race properly. And I thought of what things would help us do that. What things would help us know we have victory? What things would help us fight and run from a place of victory? What what would help us focus and keep our perspective on the fact that we are going to win if we simply do what Jesus told us to do? And I came up with three things. And I'm not usually an alliteration guy, but I came up with three things that I believe will help us think about victory. And they all start with the letter H. And I just thought that would be a good way to remember this today so we can all fight from a place of victory. So these three H words are very easily found in Scripture. They're three prominent things that every single Christian will have and will be about if they are victors, if they are following the Lord Jesus Christ properly, if they have the proper perspective. Three things, and I want to talk about these three things today and simply use that for our time today. The first one is this, humility. Humility. See, victory in the Christian race is is much different than victory in the sports world. I hear this term all the time when athletes are talking about um, when some accolade will come to them, some record or some championship that they just won. They will use this term, I'm so humbled to be considered one of the best or one of the greatest. And I always scratch my head at that because that doesn't make any sense. I, oh, I'm so humbled to be exalted. 
That doesn't make any sense. Humiliation are polar opposite things. If you're humbled, you're not exalted. If you're exalted, you're not humbled. Humble, to be humbled or humility in the Christian life refers to position. It refers to taking a position that is low. In the sports world, apparently it means taking a position that is lofty and high and exalted. But in the Christian race, humility means going low. Now you might think, well, for victors, why would we ever go low? Why would we ever go down? That doesn't make any sense. Victors go up. You know, when you think about the Olympics, which just happened this past summer, when someone wins the gold medal, they, they stand up on the tallest part of the stage, you know, that middle one where the gold medal person stands, and then the silver's a little bit lower, and the bronze is a little bit lower than that. But the gold person is on the highest mark. And that's what happens when you win. You're, you're, you're exalted. You go high. You go lofty. People see you. People notice you. But in the Christian race, when you're fighting from a place of victory, you actually go low. And the fact that you go low proves your victory because who would actually go low who would intentionally go low except that person who knows he's already won see if you are a victor if we are victors in jesus christ and he's the only reason we are victors because he won the battle by himself but if we are on his team and we are if we believe in him then we're winners it's a guarantee. As long as we follow our Lord Jesus, we are guaranteed to be winners. That means I don't have any. I don't have to let anyone else here upon the earth exalt me. I don't have to try to win in any other facet here upon the world. That means that I can go low. I can live lowly. I can live with humility. But it still doesn't answer the question, why? Why would I? Well, Jesus did plain and simple answer. Jesus was humble. Jesus was low. He was a carpenter's son. It said in Philippians chapter 2, he was, of course, the only begotten son of God and in heaven and exalted every single hour of the day. But he left that all in heaven and he didn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped or held on to. But he became nothing and he came to earth and not only did he become his own creation, but he served his own creation. There is no way to go lower or fall greater than our Lord Jesus did. But why? Why did Jesus need to go low? Why shouldn't he have lived in a palace upon the earth and be exalted and praised and people feed him grapes and fan him all day long and worship his name? Why did he have to go low? Because that was the will of God. The will of God was that for a season, the Lord Jesus Christ would serve. He would be the servant. And then he tells his followers to do the same thing. And the two most prominent reasons for why we need to go low and be humble are because Jesus did it and because that's God's will. God wants us to be low for a season, not for eternity. If we follow Jesus Christ, we will one day be exalted with Jesus Christ. We will one day be lifted up and in lofty positions in heaven if we now take on the form of humility. And I thought about this going, man, it, humility seems to be a place of weakness. But in all honesty, if you humble yourself and you don't need anything from anybody because you're already a winner in the eyes of God, then that's actually a place of great power and victory because you don't need to take from anybody. You can give. You don't need anything from anybody. You don't need praise. You don't need a great position. You don't need glory. You don't need to be coddled. You don't need people to speak highly of you. You don't need people to throw money at you. If you are already a victor in Jesus Christ and you have everything you need in God, then you can go low. And that's actually an incredibly 
powerful move. If someone intentionally goes low, and that's what we're talking about today. We're not talking about those people that are humbled because other people humble them. We're talking about the place where you know you're a victor and you choose to go low because your Lord did. And that's the best place that you can serve other people when you're low. When you do that, that's certainly a place of power. And, and I think that's the first thing we got to consider if we're victors is being humble. The second one is being holy. The second one, the second H word is being holy. See, the word holy at its core means set apart, different, unique, unlike everything else. And we need to be holy as Christ's followers. And that's another place of victory. Because if we're holy, that means we're like our Lord. Our Lord is holy. In fact, the scripture says he's holy, holy, holy. Our God is so holy, he's thrice holy. And holy means set apart, consecrated, different, better, greater than anything there ever is. And you and I need to be holy, not in the sense of pride, because we already talked about humility. We need to have humility. Humility means taking a position that is low, and meager here upon the earth for a season, but we need to be holy. We need to know that we're God's children and we're special because God chose us that way. We didn't do anything to earn that position, of course. God gave us that position through Jesus Christ, but we're holy. And because we're holy, we need to live like aliens here upon the earth. And I don't want you to picture green Martians. That's not what we're talking about today. We need to live like we're from a different place. We need to live for be better, higher, greater things than the world does. And if we do that, then once again, we are playing and acting and running as if we are victors. Because why would you act differently than the world than for the pure, pure simple fact that you don't belong to the earth? You are a heavenly citizen. And I think that's one of the greatest things about being holy is that we can show this world there's something different. There's something better than greater than the world can give you. And that's what's supposed to happen. People are supposed to look at Christians and see how humble and holy they are and kind of scratch their heads about Christians and go, why? I don't get it. Why would you be humble? Why would you be holy? Why would you be like everybody else? Why would you chase the things that everybody else chases? Why would you go low? And why would you chase after things that are spiritual and things that we can't really tangibly touch right now? Why would you chase after treasures that are to come instead of treasures that you can hold in your hands right now? Why? Why would you say no to sin? Why would you say no to the flesh? Why would you give up what your flesh wants for what God wants? That's very confusing to the world because the world is selfish. The world is self-centered. They think about what they want all day long. And if we think about what Christ wants, it's a place of victory. It means we're winners. It means we're victors. Because the only reason we would ever give up something in this life that we want is because there's something greater than that. And at the top of that list is the glory of God. The glory of God is greater than my fleshly desires. The glory of God is greater than any earthly treasure. But it's not just the glory of God. When you and I live holy here upon the earth, we are actually investing in the kingdom of God. The term invest means to give up something now, typically money, for a greater return later. That's what people do in the stock market and when they buy real estate. They invest their money in hopes that there will be a return, a greater return than the money they gave up. When you and I live holy here upon the earth, and <clears throat> holy really means to, to
to live as Jesus lived. I don't want us to be confused today and define that word incorrectly. Holy simply means to do what Jesus did, to do what Jesus said, and to go the way that Jesus went, and to, to look like Jesus here upon the earth. So if Jesus did it, we should do it. If Jesus taught it, we should obey it. If Jesus went that way, we should line up right behind him and go that way as well. And that means you will look very strange here upon the earth because Jesus looks strange. But if we are holy, if we live our lives as holy people, then that will prove to the world, once again, we don't need anything else. We're already victors. We're already awaiting rewards and treasures and the glory of God in a place of unimaginable glory and riches. And therefore, we don't need the petty treasures and glory upon the earth. So the second thing we need to do is be holy. Holy shows this world that there's something different and better to live for. Holy, again, is one of those things that looks like weakness. You know, when I grew up, everybody, nobody wanted to be holy. Everyone wanted to be edgy. Everyone wanted to be the Christian that could get away with worldly things and say, see, I can do both. And that's still very prominent in our culture. Nobody wants to be holy. Holy doesn't look cool. It looks cool to be a Christian, to know you're going to heaven, and at the same time, taste and sample everything that the world does. That's what looks like cool. Look, I'm a Christian, and look how edgy and worldly I am at the same time. I have both. And the scriptures tell us very plainly we can't do both. We can't do both, nor does it make any sense to do both. Why would you be a, a victor and in line for the treasures and the glory of God and chase petty vain, temporary, useless, worthless treasures upon the earth. That doesn't make any sense. That's not investment. Investment is to give up the worse, the less for something greater. When you and I live holy, we get it. We get it. We understand there's a kingdom of God. We understand God is real. We understand that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We understand that those who go the way of Jesus Christ will one day be exalted, even though right now they are humbled. That's our second H word is holy. Our third one today, which is really defined by the word love, but I'm going to use the H word to help us understand it. It's helpful. Helpful. And helpful has this idea of loving one another. Helpful. See, I have seven children and I'm always teaching my seven children and reminding them that we should be helpful people. We should help other people. And even my children, you know, kind of seems like something they're not interested in all the time because helpful means again that others get and I don't get and I need to be thinking about others but in all reality I want to think about myself and what I want out of this world and when we're helpful we're other centered we're thinking about who is in need and how can we help those people because that's what Jesus taught us and that's what Jesus did his entire ministry he was helpful to those around him he should have been the one being served but again because of God's will he became humble. He gave up all of his rights and all of his privileges as the son of God and he served other people. He washed the disciples' feet. And his entire ministry, he was helpful to other people. And that is a place of victory. All the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day had to be praised and exalted and patted on the back. People had to serve the Pharisees. People had to tell them how great they were, but not Jesus. Jesus could think about other people. And I think he was hated for that reason because it made the people who were insecure and needed love and attention feel bad because this religious godly man was thinking about other people and they were thinking about themselves and a part of their conscience was against them because they knew that was proper and right but they also knew they didn't want to live that way when you and i are helpful to other people when we don't have to be served we can serve 
When we can think about other people, when we can serve other people, it is a place of real victory because the world can't do that. The world has to be served. The world has to be glorified. The world has to get their exaltation now because this is their only version of heaven that they have unless they repent and turn to Jesus. But you and I know there's a heaven. There's a kingdom of God waiting for us where one day we will get everything we desire. All our desires will be satisfied well beyond our needs. We'll have all our desires satisfied in heaven and therefore we don't need them now. This is our wilderness. This is our version of suffering right now and we don't need to our happiness here upon the world. First of all, it's temporary. It's not going to be with us forever. Anyways, we're going to lose everything that we chase upon this world. And second of all, it's not that good. The world's treasures and happiness and exaltation and glory are not that good. I mean, think about sports. Someone gets exalted because they win the championship and then the page turns and it's next year and we forgot about the past champion. We're now thinking about who's going to be the new champion and the glory doesn't last long. The world's treasures are not that good. When you and I sacrifice and surrender those things purposefully, willingly, for the glory of God, for the will of God, it's a power move. It's a place of victory. When we can look at the needs of other people and say, I will help them. I will not look out for my own interests. I will look out for the interests of others because that's what my Lord did. He gave up his rights and privileges and needs, many needs that he had for himself and for his body for the sake of someone else to be blessed. And Jesus lived like a victor. And we too can live like a victor if we are helpful to other people, constantly, regularly, faithfully helpful. So the first one is, the first one is humble. We need to be humble people. We need to give up our exaltation and our glory now for God's. That will let the world see that God is better than man. There is someone greater to serve and live for. When we're humble, we're like Jesus. The second one is holy. When we're holy, we act like we belong to another place because we do. We belong to the kingdom of God and we're not ashamed of it. When we're holy, it's a power move. Holy is not weird or uncool. Holy is one of the greatest privileges there is because you're showing this world, I don't have to have your stuff and chase your stuff. In fact, you shouldn't either because there's something better. There's something greater to live for. And when I'm holy, it points to God's kingdom and God's will and God's glory of something greater to live for. Third of all, excuse me, third of all is helpful. When we're helpful to other people and we show this world that we can serve other people, it's a, it's a head scratcher. It's confusing to the world. They don't understand it. But it shows this world that Jesus is right. Jesus and love are the way to the kingdom of God. And when we are helpful to other people, constantly faithfully helpful, not just here and there helpful. I'm talking about a radical shift of how we think about our day. The people in our lives are at the central focus of our lives, and we are not. It doesn't matter if we get what we want. It doesn't matter if we get what we need. What matters is that we're helpful because that is one of the greatest power moves there is because that's coming from a place of victory. That's serving and loving from a place that one day you know you will have all your desires met and all your needs will be met in this place even if you are helpful. God will not let you go starving and without. He will come alongside of you and give you everything you need and he will show you that he will think about us while we think about other people. So the question for us today is will we be humble, holy, and helpful people? And again, the only reason we would do this is because we are already victors. We are on the winning team and we are following the Lord Jesus Christ to the kingdom of God where everything is going to be so much better than it is here. 
Guys, the world's getting worse. It's getting darker. And it's proving to us this place is not our home. We don't want this place to be our home. We want to live in the kingdom of God. We want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can do that right now if we will be holy, humble, and helpful. I hope that would help you today. Think and fight from a place of victory so that you can live differently in this world because this world desperately needs to see Christians who think about the Lord and his kingdom and his will above all things. I hope that blesses you today. Get out there and show our three H's to this world. and May you be blessed in doing so. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.